We are back with another episode of Away from Hail End, and it's been a bit of a turbulent week for those of us who follow the Academy. A lot of questions about why certain players are not getting the chance to play. And honestly, when I just hit record and started this, my plan was to not even talk about it, but I'm just going to quickly share my thoughts. And here's what I have to say. If you don't trust Mikel Arteta at this point with what he's done, with when he came in, then you're just simply playing yourself. And it's not being part of a cult. It's not listening to Arteta the dictator and taking everything he does too literally. It's just simple fact. The three players who made the bench, one is 16 years old. The other two are 18 years old. Neither of them, rep- None of them represent England at any level higher than the under-19s. People are going to compare it to Barcelona. They're going to compare it to Manchester City. These are clubs who are, yes, we are going to be on the same level of them, and we might be playing football on the same level of them or above them at the moment. But for Manchester City, if they have a loss in the Champions League in a match that doesn't matter, it truly will not affect them. Arsenal is not at that level yet. The players in the squad are not at that level yet. Coming off of a loss to Aston Villa, a lot of overreactions, these things matter. If Arsenal had won the last 15 matches... I think those players would have had their opportunities. And yes, I do believe that they should have gotten a chance to get subbed on. I'm not saying that's not the case. That's 100% the case. If all three of them could have played 10, 15 minutes, that would have been great. But just the mere fact that they're traveling with the squad, they're involved in first team training, they're spending their time around these players. If you listen to any of the things that Rule Walters, Ranieri, Miles Lewis-Kelly, if any of them have said in their interviews uh, with the club that they publish online or in match day programs, they say that it means the world to them just to be there, just to have the chance to pick Bukayo Saka's brain or learn from Eddie Nketiah or learn from Reese Nelson, guys whose paths they want to follow in. It's not about simply getting 10 minutes to play. It's about eventually having a future at Arsenal, and that's what they're all chasing. And they know that one appearance for five minutes in a Champions League match against PSV is not going to change that. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to rant much further. Yes, it's things can be two things. You can be both frustrated with the fact that they didn't get any minutes and also understand that it's not the end of the world and this is not how decisions are made. Believe in Arteta, believe in the club, and don't say, oh, Chess Fabregas, Jack Wilshire. It's not 15, 20 years ago. This is not the same world that we live in. Arsenal weren't spending the same amount of money that they're spending now. You cannot compare apples to oranges. That is not how the world works. But nonetheless, we're going to go back to our regularly scheduled programming and talk about our profile for today, and that is Osman Kamara, a 17-year-old left winger who grew up in England. His parents are from Sierra Leone. He can represent either side. He was always an Arsenal supporter growing up in East London, even though his dad was a Manchester United supporter. That's how much he loves the club. He joined his first Sunday league team, Senrob FC, when he was about seven, eight years old. And you might remember that name, Senrab FC, because a lot of big players have played there as a Sunday League team before they joined an academy. The likes of Jermaine Defoe, Sol Campbell, John Terry, Ledley King, Bobby Zamora, and Aston Villa starter Ezri Kansa. After two seasons with the club, he had a trial at Crystal Palace, but that he did not get a chance. <clears throat> after two seasons, he had a trial at Crystal Palace, but was not offered a chance to stay there after the seven-week trial. Funny enough, actually, he met Noah Cooper there. 
Three weeks later, he got offered a trial at Arsenal's under 10 level, and Arsenal, of course, signed him after countless great performances. Kamara scored on his under-18s debut on an assist from Miles Lewis-Skelly, and Osman has spoken about that. He says Miles is his best teammate on the pitch, the person he has the most chemistry with, because their styles are so perfectly meshed together. He'll see Miles get sucked into defenders, have multiple players on, and that's when Osman decides to make his run in behind, where Miles Lewis-Skelly will hit him with a perfect threaded pass. You're probably wondering... What is it about Osman Kamara that makes him so fascinating on the pitch? Well, he is a deadly, deadly left winger with great pace. Yes, he can play through the middle and he can play off the right, but there is no doubting that his best abilities come in from that left side. He will dribble at you. He will take on any man in front of him, whether it's one, two, or three. And it's not just strictly pace, it's that burst. It's that first step. It's the ability to change directions, change pace that keeps the defender guessing. Kamara has insane ball manipulation, allowing defenders to get tight before shifting past them with his body orientation and ability to drag the ball. He uses both the inside and outside of his foot, making it very hard to defenders for defenders to know which way he's going despite his lack of a weaker foot. Oftentimes, Kamara will dribble all the way into the attacking third and he'll have two men dragged towards him and it'll seem there's no way out and it'll seem even if he's taking a loose touch but he has such great ball control that he knows with one touch, he can get onto it with that burst and move into the box. His final action is what really stands out. Yes, the lovely skills with his feet, the little one-twos he plays in small spaces, his ability to spin around a defender, all of these things are wonderful, but what he can do to both score goals and create goals with that final touch of the ball is truly outstanding. He has become a super sub for Arsenal's academy, coming on and winning matches with his goal scoring and his assists. The goals he has scored are literally immaculate. He has an unbelievable knack for finding the far post with any shot. And I don't just mean scoring into that side of the net. I mean literally scoring off of the post and in. He knows how to curl the ball with perfect precision and perfect pace. His ball striking is fantastic. However, yes, his left foot needs a lot that needs to be improved on. He is not a great finisher with that left foot, but he makes up for it with his right. He also needs to diversify his shooting angles. Eventually, teams are going to understand he wants to cut into that right foot and curl it into the top right corner. If he can learn to do something that Mbappe is so great at, which is finding that near post when a goalie has already started to move to the far post, those are the types of things that will make Ozman Kamara an unguardable left winger in the future. He's great off the ball as well, though. He times his runs excellently. He knows when to break and get in between the lines and find some space when defenders are dragged elsewhere. He has great leaping ability to win headers off of set pieces, scoring a couple of goals that way as well. You guys have asked for this, and I'm giving you the answer. Osman Kamara could gain to learn how to use his strength and not just his speed to wriggle by defenders. Something we see with academy players often is they're either faster than the rest on the pitch, taller than the rest on the pitch, and they use that as a crutch to be outstanding, and who could blame them? But if Osman Kamara is going to make that next step, he will need to learn how to use his body strength and not just his pace, because trust me, there are players just as fast as him at the senior level. The good news for Osman is he has already learned to become a better presser off the ball, using his pace to close down exceedingly fast, get his foot on the ball, and create chances of his own in attacking areas. 
at the moment, Osman is a little raw and instinctive, which is a great thing, but also gives him an area to be coached in. If he can learn how to play in a system a little bit more, not just play as an isolated winger, he can become an incredible player with his direct playing ability down the wing and his finishing. He's already played three times with the under-19s in the youth league this year and once for the under-21s, and I'd expect Osman Kamara to push for a regular place with the under-21s come January, especially if there are some loan moves for the likes of Charles Sago Jr. or Amario Cozier Dewberry. Osman Kamara, nonetheless, is definitely one to look out for and has some incredible skills that are unreplicatable at the moment at Hale End. And now to our loan recap, which actually doesn't have that much to talk about, which is a little bit surprising. It was a mix of a single game week and some some injuries, some, some non-inclusions. Here it is. There it is. You see how it goes. First, we'll talk about Charlie Patino, who scores again in a 2-1 win over Rotherham. He played 67 minutes. He scored a goal, which was a bit of an accidental one. But as he said in his Instagram post, you can't mean the ball, but you'll still take those goals. One goal, two shots, 21 of 27 passing, two successful dribbles on two attempts, and he won six of his 12 duels. He's doing what he does best, which is skipping away from players in midfield with those long strides, getting yellow cards, getting fouls gained, and owning possession for his team. He's actually doing a really nice job of making those late runs into the box, which is why he's popping up on the goal sheet a lot more, which is just what we want our left center midfielder to do at Arsenal. It's something we've been crying out for. He actually almost scored minutes before he did score on a rebound, getting into that dangerous area, as I just mentioned, coming into the box late and timing it perfectly. However, the volley fell to his right foot off of the rebound and he could not get it on target. But as I said, he scored just minutes later. They still have not officially hired a manager of Swansea. They're looking at Chris Davies, uh, who I mentioned, who's Brendan Rodgers' old assistant. But Tottenham, who Chris Davies is now currently an assistant for, has not let him leave. Patino then played the first 45 minutes in a 1-1 draw with Stoke. He was 20 of 22 passing and won three of four duels. However, Swansea just didn't have much going in that first half, and he was subbed off. Brooke Norton Cuffey played twice this week, 90 minutes in a 1-0 loss to Cardiff City. And in these two matches, he both, he played a little bit further forward. They kind of were in a back five out of possession, but a back four in possession. And I think Brick Norman Cuffey is struggling to play in that more advanced role where he can't pick the ball up deep and get involved. A lot of times he's frustrated not receiving the ball when he feels he's in open space and open areas where he can attack. And I think when he has the opportunity to be more involved in the buildup, he's really able to utilize his skills a lot better, win a ball, as we used to talk about a lot with his days at, at Coventry, that left-footed pass into the midfield and then win the ball and then get a pass back up the pitch where he can make those dangerous actions happen. That didn't happen much for him in either of these matches, although he has done quite well in winning duels out isolated on the right wing. Arthur Oconquo actually had to return to Arsenal for surgery on his jaw, but Wrexham believe he'll be back soon playing in a protective mask, which is great news. They, he is loved there by both the fans and the club, and I'd expect Conquo to have his place waiting for him when he's ready to play again. Tyrese John-Jules played the final 18 minutes in a 3-0 win over Leighton Orient. He got two shots away inside the box, one on target, and was very unlucky not to have scored. They were on a counterattack, Derby County. A ball came in kind of bouncing. Tyrese did a great job to control it, took a touch, got it onto his right foot, 
it got stuck a little bit under his feet and he got the shot off anyway. The goalie made a great save, but it almost crept under the goalie and into the goal. However, no goal, no three goals in three matches for Tyrese John Jules, but nonetheless, great to see him back. I have a friend who's a very big Derby County fan and he is loving watching Tyrese. Mika Biriff, the goal scorer, the absolute menace, again saving a point for Motherwell with his header, bullet header at the death. Just a great goal. The thing about Mika Birif, and we talk about it a lot, the goals come in so many different ways. This one, a header off of a great cross, jumping higher than anyone in the box and heading it home. But it's also his instinctual abilities to get his foot on the ball and make something from every touch he has. It's spectacular. It contributes to this immense finishing ability. He just has this innateness inside of him where when the ball comes to him at any level, whether it's on the rolling on the ground, whether it's a mid volley, whether it's a scissor kick, whether it's a header, whatever it is, Mika Birith seems to get his foot onto it and make something happen. He did it twice in this match, both leading to shots on target by his teammates in midfield near the box with his back to goal, a looping ball over the top that his teammates should have headed home. Mika Birith is an incredible footballer. That innate thing inside of him is what's going to make him successful at the senior level. Alex Kirk was not involved in Bromley's squad. I believe he is injured because we have not heard anything about him recently, but he has not been in the Bromley squad for a while. Keto Taylor Hart started in Bromley's 1-0 win over Slowtown and played 77 minutes. Good to see him getting some opportunity. This was not a league match. It was the FA Trophy, but nonetheless, good for Keto. Omar Rekik, unfortunately, has picked up an injury and is headed back to Arsenal to recover. However, Wigan are trying to extend that loan spell of his that ends on January 21st. Salah Eddin Uladem Hand is still not with the squad in the Netherlands with FC Denbosch. Nathan Butler Oyedehi, he played the final 25 minutes in a 1-1 draw with Bristol Rovers. This is the most minutes he's seen in the league since October, but just two touches of the ball in 25 minutes. This is another disastrous loan spell for Nathan Butler Oyedehi. Billy Vigar had no matches for Eastbourne Borough over the last week. Catalan Surjon played the final nine minutes in a 2-1 loss to Voluntari. Mauro Bandiera continues to make the bench after getting back from injury, but cannot get on the pitch. And Henry Jeffcott, no matches over the past week. As I said, a bit of a shorter one with a bunch of our lone players not either having matches or not seeing the pitch. But that's all we have for you on Away From Hell End. Osman, Kamara is a big one to watch. We're going to see a lot from him in the second half of this year. And also look out for me on the Canon podcast this week. They've asked me to come on and talk about the Academy. We'll be recording that, I believe, on the 14th of December. You should see it sometime soon after that. I'm very much looking forward to it. And if you like this content and want to see more like it, please hit the subscribe button below. Like, comment, let me know what you want to hear about. I respond as you as you saw, you all asked for me to talk about more of the weaknesses in these profiles. And I did that just here. But seriously, hit subscribe, find me on TikTok, find me on Twitter, Hail End Productions. And we'll be back next week.